Hi everyone, welcome again today to the Bible Project podcast and we're in episode 179 which is uh, part 110 in season 2 where we're journeying together through the book of Genesis as as part of our long-term plan, Lord willing to cover the whole Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, however long that might take. And today we are in still in chapter 14 covering the verses 18 to 24 and if you remember where we're up to so far we've looked at two things in this chapter we've seen that there's been a war between regional kings and lot fell into captivity and it took the intervention of abraham to uh, to rescue him but i have one more thing i'd like to say and i'm going to call it abraham's insight and how it gives us an understanding of what's going on. At the end of yesterday's study, we finished in verse 17, and this character, the king of Sodom, had come out, and now we're going to pick up the text in chapter 14, verse 18, which says this, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram, by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Now, this is interesting because Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brings out bread and wine. That's a familiar motif, isn't it, Christians? And we are also told that he is the priest of the Most High God. So is there any significance to Melchizedek being the king of Salem, and the fact that Salem will later become uh, the city of Jerusalem. This is interesting because these verses seem to indicate that the person being presented here is someone who is very important and someone who already absolutely knows and identifies with the one true God Most High. And that God, as well as being Most High, is described as being the creator of heaven and earth. So Abraham meets Melchizedek, king of Salem, and Melchizedek is then seen to bless Abraham. Melchizedek is presented as a king and a priest. Well, let's look and see what happens next. Let's pick up the text in verse 21. that tells us this. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. The king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the people and keep the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, With raised hands I have sworn an oath to the Lord God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the strap of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abraham rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share which belongs to the men who went with me, to Ener, Eshcol, and Mamre. Let them have their share. Well, this is interesting. In verse 20, uh, it says Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe, a tenth of everything. He meets this guy who comes out of nowhere and he immediately gives him 10% of all the spoils he has taken in this war that has just taken place. Abraham is returning from his victory over the four kings. And he's flushed with success 
and Abraham now could be expected in some way to sort of throw his weight around and boast about his victory, particularly if he met another king from another city-state, having just conquered and defeated these others. Abraham could maybe would have even been justified uh, at this point to consolidate his conquest of Canaan. But no, Abraham does none of these things. Instead, he acknowledges the greatness of this person standing before him and presents him with a tenth of all his possessions. That's his response. He gives Melchizedek a tithe of all his resources. You see, the conquering Abraham had the right to the spoils of war. He had the right to take everything, but instead he presents the king with the tithe of everything that he has received. So let's listen to Abraham's response. Abraham said to the king of Solomon, Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, and I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap. This is a can be a difficult and confusing scripture, but the heart of it lies in the fact that Abraham is making another sacrifice here. He's done this incredibly brave thing. He's rescued his not not. He's rescued his nephew Lot, and he's rescued the king's goods. And that king appears before him and says, and he has offered a reward, and he says, I'm not going to take that reward. He doesn't want to benefit inappropriately from doing just what he believed was the right thing and from doing the thing that the covenant promise of God would have required of him to do. So it's another testament to Abraham's developing character that he's refusing to benefit from his actions, except in taking back what was rightly his and was rightly due to the men who went with him. In other words, Abraham decided that he wanted God's blessing more than he wanted the benefits of any war. And that stands in stark contrast to the Abraham who previously we met, the one who previously went into Egypt, the one who went into Egypt and worked to gain material wealth from Pharaoh. Remember, all the wealth he gained in Egypt he, had, he still left with, ended up with nothing. But now he gains everything and he takes nothing. So Abraham is definitely growing spiritually, friends. One commentator said that Abraham now stands out as a man who knew he only prospered because of God's blessing. So that's the story of what this chapter's about. When foreign kings invade the land, Abraham intervenes and rescues Lot and has a great victory, but when he does so, this time he acknowledges uh, God's blessing. And after refusing to receive the worldly benefits of that war, he instead chooses to give a tithe to this person called Melchizedek. Now we could spend the whole time today talking about who this Melchizedek is and was. Theologians over thousands of years have come up with all kinds of theories as just to who Melchizedek is. And many ancient Jews and a number of modern commentators would actually argue that he is the pre-incarnate Messiah. And that is a perfectly valid point of view. But I'm choosing not to go into that today because I want us to talk about how this story and how it revolves around two people and the great contrast within the chapter of Lot and Abraham. So I'm, I'm wanting rather to focus on that, to focus on where this story fits into the big narrative of Abraham's story in Genesis. 
In chapter 13, we must remember that Lot gold got, went and pitched his tent near Sodom, towards Sodom, it says, facing Sodom, so we could see it if you read the King James Version. And by the time we get to chapter 4, we see he's actually living in Sodom. And consequently, because of that choice and those actions, he ends up a prisoner of war when this local uh, war breaks out, and his property, property is confiscated, and his whole family is captured. He followed, Lot followed his earthly lusts, and he was utterly brought down. But on the other hand, the story is now telling us that Abraham is becoming more and more unselfishly. Unselfishly, we saw that he let Lot choose the best land in chapter 13. But here he still ends up victorious in chapter 14. And when blessed, he acknowledges God's blessing. And he does so practically, physically, by tithing. He, Lot, you see, took the path of unrighteousness and ended up defeated. But Abraham took the path of righteousness and ended up in victory. He ended up living in peace and honour and with blessing. But the great lesson of this episode is that when Abraham was blessed by God, he acknowledged God's blessing in his life. And that's where I'd like to end this morning. Because I began this section looking at chapter 14 by asking if you had been blessed by God and if so, how should you respond? How do you acknowledge, how do we acknowledge the blessing of God in our lives? Well, from this story, I want to give us three suggestions as how we should bless God, as how we should acknowledge the blessings of God. And we'll do that together next time. So thanks for joining me in the Daily Bible Project podcast and bye for now. I'll see you all again very soon.